0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake BJ Shea is on a assignment, but running the boards is Joey D. Hey. On today's show, we will talk about, well, The Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> of course, because that is the one show that we are all obsessing about. I'll also talk with Mr. Garrett von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed about, well, what's really kind of going on in the movie world. And, of course, we'll get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
1: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. .com. Get our blogs, podcasts, and More. More. Just really just search for us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes to find us. Just BJ Chase Geek Nation or BJ Geek Nation. They both work.
0: Exactly. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. And uh, let's start this off with our friend uh, down in old Arizona, Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach. We got him on the phone lines and we need to get some information about what the hell's going on with the movies. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is sknr.net and some interesting things happening in the movie world including Cinemark and universal um looks like they're coming to a deal to kind of figure some stuff out
2: yeah it's it's really interesting because we talked a while back about a- the deal they had with amc and for those who don't remember the nuts and bolts of it is traditionally there had been a many say unwritten rule but it had been a hard and fast rule that the industry had followed that a theatrical released film could not go to any other formats until after 90 days, three months, call, you know, work the numbers as you will three months, 90 days, call it what you will. And universal when the pandemic hit started to put things directly out like the trolls film and other releases of theirs. And this caused a huge outcry in the industry with various chains coming out saying, we're not going to forget this. We are not going to be stocking their films in the future so on and so forth, they cut a deal with AMC. Regal, who are the number two cinema chain in the U.S., said, well, too bad, we're not going to have, we we don't like this, we're not going to go for it. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Cinemark cut a deal. And the terms of it are really interesting. And, you know, you always wonder, did they have an idea that lockdowns were coming again in some areas when they pushed this out? Because... The terms of it are really interesting. Um, So, you know, do your way back machine thoughts here. Um, (laughs) The rule of thumb is that if a movie opens, a universal movie opens at $50 million or above, they are allowed to move it to video on demand within 31 days. Now, they said you have to be clear on this video on demand. They cannot shove it to Peacock ah okay cannot yeah. shove it, to, yeah. it has to go to a paid uh like video on demand like disney did with milan one of those mm-hmm. you know you can go to various outlets and buy it you get it for two days you know 15 20 25 30 bucks kind of like they did with bill and ted where it was in the theaters and video on demand the day of launch well now you're not going to see that it has to go to the theaters The flip side to it, and this is where all the chaos is going to come, is that if it opens to under $50 million, they are free to put it out within 17 days. And
1: to
2: give you an example, think about the movie Freaky that has come out. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The Uh, Vince Vaughn movie. uh, That's kind of basically the take on Freaky Friday with serial killers, which sounds fun. (laughs) It's
2: getting very good reviews. It is a Bloomhouse film, so it does not have a large budget. So in the pandemic world, while it has been the number one film in the country, it's not making $50 million. So that means 17 days from now, that's going to be available on demand. Now you kind of say, yes, we know there are two very promising vaccines and all of this. And you kind of look forward to the bigger picture. As we discussed CinemaCon, which is a big outlet where the theaters and the studios kind of get together, promote their upcoming things. Um, In many ways, it's kind of like a love letter from the studios to say to the theaters, yes, we still care about you. Yes, you're still our primary focus. And here's what we got. And they roll out the celebrities and all that. They move theirs from... Uh, march april to august this year Mm -hmm. now obviously it was to do with the world's condition but you have to kind of look at the big picture august tail end of summer so this is kind of the studio saying we're not quite sure we're going to have a traditional summer movie season next year but we think we think we might have a fall and winter movie season so you, we've already talked about some of the big releases that were due next year, got pushed back to 2022 and so on and so forth. So here's crazy scenario for you. We got the new Jurassic World movie. Yeah. So it comes out. I think there's pretty much no way if we're at any kind of regular theater capacity by 2022, which we should be, that this film opens under $50 million. I think you're looking at a $200 million release. So... And that's just in the U.S. We're not playing worldwide box office or anything. So under that, under this situation, within 31 days of being in the theater, they then have the right to say, even though this thing is still raking in money at the theater, we can we can just go around this and go straight to video on demand. And And that is going to be really interesting.
0: That is super interesting because something like, I mean, shorter movies, smaller movies. Yeah, obviously you're talking about Freaky. uh, They're going to have, even in normal theater circumstances, they're going to have a shorter shelf life. Something like uh, Jurassic World is going to be in the theaters and going to be drawing into those theaters for months. A lot of the times, especially uh, if you are going to be doing it during the summer. But even in the fall, that's still going to be a thing. So having a quick turnaround on that, I wonder. I wonder if that what that's going to do to the theaters. Then at that point, and do you do you see them panicking uh, uh, at this point with just these
2: rules? Yeah, and it's it's weird because remember this is just certain change. There are all these other chains out there that are not abided by these rules, and so is this going to pressure them to take a deal like this, or are they going to be able to say, "I don't care"? we're not doing this, and if you keep pulling nonsense like this, and it's also important to remember, Cinemark gets a cut of a paid video on demand. So it's not uh, like they're out of the okay. loop. They're, getting, right, right, they're right. getting a slice of the pie, too, as you can guess AMC is. So, you know, I, I sat there, and you, you, you play that game, and it, it's so tricky when you speculate on box office, but, <laughs> you know, you get a you get a big blockbuster film, and they always talk about, the drop off from opening week to the second week, and you always, you know, some say you don't want to see a fifty percent drop or a sixty percent drop, and you know it opens at two hundred million, but it oh it did one hundred and twenty million the following week, uh, but that's good, that's not too bad. But if it drops like to seventy million, and you know you play the game like you said, what if the film is still making above fifty million dollars a week a month after release? And you see, you can see that problem where they could say, "Well, under the terms of our deal, we're going to video on demand." And you could see the theaters going, "Yeah, but we're still making money here, you know. Yeah, we can make another week or two on this." And because uh, the moment you put it to video on demand, and then you got all the kids, you know, remember that whole thing. You've got the whole family, and oh, I got to mm-hmm. see the dinosaurs! I got to see the dinosaurs! now they sit there and go well, we can just sit here for we'll sit here for a month and then just watch it on video on demand rather than take the whole family out well it, but- it, it's
0: yeah, but also on that end, too, I think uh, the reason why Trolls was so huge was just the fact that it was a kid's movie, and so you have such a limited time to watch it 48 hours. And if the kids love it, and I mean, come on, kids love dinosaurs, I could see them, you know, playing that over and over and over again and not getting tired of it. And if they're getting that cut, me maybe it's enough to like say hey yeah this is the thing that's going on we're still getting our money and yeah it's hurting the theaters by people not going there but maybe it's just i mean i really feel at this point it's just like well here's a situation that we're going to deal with it right now we'll see how it works and i guess maybe maybe change it later on as we uh, continue to develop
2: everything you know and I think what you're going to see is you're going to see, because remember, this battle between new technology, new formats, the theaters has, has gone on forever. They yep, always find, yep. like, one makes a move, the other makes a counter move. What I think you're going to see is you're probably going to see the theaters getting clever. They're going to say, okay, you know, fine, you can have your 65, 75-inch 4K television We've got a bigger screen. We've Mm -hmm. got a better sound system. We're going to have the best visual uh, situation. Um, We got popcorn and
0: nachos.
2: (laughs) And they're probably going to play that little game that we don't always see, but we have seen in the past where, hey, opening weekend or whatever, We've got an exclusive, you know, Avengers pin mm-hmm. for the first 1,000 people. And, yep. hey, do this, and, you know, blah, 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 you get a T-shirt, or you get a, a $5 voucher toward concessions. or They're going to have some little, you know, yeah. quest to do that to get you in. And that's going to be the hook because you're going to have to see, hey, exclusively at Theater Chain XYZ, we're going to have this. I know one of our chains here, Harkins, which is a very big they're the largest independent chain, and they, you know, they're pretty much through the Southwest, but they do grow in various areas. They have not been a- against having things like they'll bring props over. So I remember things from something like the Divergent series or Hunger Games or whatever. They would have the actual costumes in cases in the theater lobbies and stuff like that. Uh, you know, as a hey, come on by, have a look, and they do things like bring some of the local. Uh, cosplay groups out for premieres and screeners and come on out and take your picture with the
1: Avengers and
2: the, yeah, you know, and and I think you're going to see more and more things like this where theaters are going to get creative and say, we have to give them something that they cannot get at home beyond just the bigger picture and the bigger sound.
0: Absolutely. And you did mention the Avengers and that kind of leads into uh, Disney. Uh, Are we, are we going to see any Disney movies? Like ever again?
2: Uh, (laughs) um, Eventually, yes, because um, you know, while Disney Plus is going great guns, they still have to eventually go theatrical. And it was an interesting thing. We know that Soul is being moved to uh, Disney Plus and not going to a theatrical release. There was a recent earnings call, and apparently, Disney has had pretty much said. They are not planning on any theatrical releases, or their phrase I heard was major theatrical releases. But let's be honest, it just just not really do minor theatrical releases. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> they're not planning on anything. Uh, which I, I guess if you count re-releases and stuff, but yeah, yeah,
1: they're yeah. not
2: planning on. They're not planning on anything through the first quarter of 2021, and so again, you're back to playing that game. And then they kind of said you know, that paid video thing they did for Mulan, maybe we're not ruling out kicking the tires on that sort of thing again, because of course, everybody keeps circling Black Widow, what are they going to yes. do about that? And, you know, there's the school of thought that it's too expensive and high profile a movie to do that. But then you have things like Division that have been pushed back to January, and there are hints that Certain things in that kind of leak into this, and there were supposed to be two Marvel films already out by now with a third one very close to coming. Uh, And so, you know, it's kind of like this thing where it seems to me like the studios are saying, okay, I think with cases surging, with shutdowns happening again, I think we can pretty much guarantee we're not going to be having the big holiday season. And then they look at it and say January, February, March, maybe April, probably out of the question at this point. However, if if the vaccines are indeed out and some say they could be available for high risk as soon as next month, you know, that's another story. (laughs) So (laughs) let's look at April. Let's look at May. Let's look at June. Are we going to have a chance to start rolling films out in the summer or the fall. And I think that's what everyone's doing. Let's just let's wait four months and see where the world is.
0: Yeah, and it just kind of makes me laugh a little bit. I mean, a little, a little bit of gallows humor. But what if it's like, yeah, all, all of the people who are are susceptible at this point, and let's face it, it's it's people who uh, are immunocompromised or just or just elderly. But just imagine it, just like all the theaters are now just suddenly full of just old people because they're the only ones that can like safely go to the theaters.
2: Oh, you know, and it's so funny that you mention that, too, because we've talked about conventions. We've talked about the, uh, you know, shows and theatrical. I'm sure you've talked about how Ticketmaster apparently has floated the idea that in order to attend events, you have to show that you had a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And we've had that kicked around. We've had several conventions send us surveys and say, you know, how do you feel about a rapid test on site? How would you feel about if a vaccine's available, having to show that you've had that and, and still being required to wear your mask and so on and so forth. And I, I kind of see that possibly being the way it, it could happen. I yeah. can see theaters saying, you know, you got to show us you you've had this thing and you're going to have to wear your mask. That's just going to be the way it is until, you know, and of course it will be state by state, depending on the cases and infection and that sort of thing. The point is it. It, it, it's such a gray area, you know, yes. um, nobody knows, but everybody, you know, it, we, we just had a studio send out a thing to, the um, the reviewing press here and apparently the vast majority of them said, I am still not comfortable attending screenings again, even if it is just press only, no public. So we're talking maybe 50 people in the theater mm-hmm. spaced And Mask, most of them have said, no, I'm still not comfortable doing that yet. So that should give you an idea. And then you have to, you know, the general public. So there you have it. Exactly.
0: And uh, finally, let's finish on a little more of an upbeat news. Not talking about any of that. Thor. Oh, gosh. What is it? Love and Thunder, right? Yes. The next one coming out is Love and Thunder. And you've got some casting news that's actually pretty cool. And it also makes a lot of sense.
2: Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, nothing has been 100% verified by Disney, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But backstory again, Um, they're filming this in Australia. Australia has a strict protocol on COVID, which is essentially if you show up in that country, you go under immediate government mandated quarantine for two weeks. Essentially, they put you in a hotel. I've heard they even have people that observe you to make sure you're not coming in and out of the room doing whatever. So, while they've been filming there and in New Zealand, this has been kind of a the thing. The people have to come there, quarantine, and then they, you know, get their test, go off to work. So they're getting ready to film the new Thor movie. Well, Chris Pratt has been attached to it all of a sudden, which kind of makes sense because let's remember, um, Thor was hitching a ride with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn has said, "Well, you know, I've got the script for." Uh, volume three all set and as soon as we can we're going to go into production and then in a very interesting twist apparently Vin Diesel was recently cited in Australia
0: now that makes it kind of interesting on me on that end just because of the simple fact of the matter that yes Vin Diesel does voice Groot but he can voice Groot anywhere right
2: like exactly and that's what I found so odd and like he could sit In Los Angeles, New York, wherever he wants, and I am done. (laughs) Uh, Do do his bit. Yes, I know there's inflections and variations on it, but there you have it. So why is he on set? And that is what has got everybody wondering. Now, I've heard some really crazy theories that, you know, like somebody has said, well, hey, if we've already got Chris and Vin assembled, isolated, and cleared, why don't we just film guardians since they're already down here? And of oh. course the trick with that will be, well, okay, let's, let's see if the other, any other cast show up. But yeah, then again, yeah. you come back to the same thing. Well, we all know where one of them is. And, you know, I, I guess you'd have to circle Dave Batista because the other one is CGI. And as you said, could be done somewhere else. And, yeah. you know, that, and then you even have crazy theories that someone says oh they're scouting locations for the next fast and furious film and i'm like yeah i don't think they'd be doing that right now since the new one is not out but the, the point is disney is cranking these things out i mean they've got three movies now uh ready to go they've got uh, well oh, yeah. almost ready two of them are in post-production they've got the tv series um going they've got this Thor movie going, and yeah, let's not forget, Doctor Strange goes right into yes. the mix soon after that. Right! So, <laughs> you know, would they be crazy enough to say, hey, theaters are back, and we're going to put five Marvel movies out this year?
0: Oh my god, dude. I mean, that would be insane. I, You know, personally, I would love it, but I know I know, I go for it. <laughs> I know you're going to keep uh, uh, tabs on all of this news as well to make sure that we get it all, and we find out what's happening as it happens. People can check that out at Skew Reviewed, they can check it out at sknr.net. Thanks, Gareth.
2: Anytime. Take care.
0: Thank you so much, Gareth. And I'm really excited to see the fact that Chris Pratt's going to be into in the new Thor, uh, which makes sense. So uh hopefully uh we'll have some fun with all of that. And maybe we'll see all the guardians, or yeah, we'll find out. (laughs) Uh, We'll get more information from Gareth as it uh moves on. But we do need to get to Mandalorian season two, episode three, the heiress, which This one, uh, I I thought there would be a little bit more when it came down to having Frog Lady and all of that, but really it was just basically an escort quest to get him to Trask And really get a lot more information and a lot of bombshells were dropped in this one. This reminds me of a side quest in a
3: game where you like finish this really long, awesome side quest and it just pops up a thing, you got twenty XP. (laughs) What happened? Yeah. Like It was a
1: short episode, I was bummed. And
0: it was just like kind of a quick sort of like, Oh, yep, frog meet frog, hooray, and then frog babysit, Yoda, and please don't eat the eggs, baby.
2: It was so <laughs> cute. He was
0: playing with the pit fish. Yeah, and uh, at the end of it. So uh, yeah. it's kind of nice for them to kind of address all of that, uh, you know, almost the you know, genocide of a baby eating all of those eggs. Oh, the internet lost their mind. Oh, I know. I love it. Um, but there were some really huge um, implications in this episode. First off, you got to see some um, Mon Calamari uh, pirates going around and with
1: some fancy ass sweaters. I
0: know. You sent me a, mess- you a sent- meme or the- Yeah, something. you sent me the meme, and it's like. How are the mon calamari getting sweaters from J C Penney? Right. And I was like, Oh, that's great! <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool.
1: I'm like, That's a that's a cozy sweater. I hope he drinks some hot chocolate later.
0: Well, I hope. Uh, I hope. Uh, well, they got what was coming to him because they were all jerks, by the way. <laughs> uh, mess, trying to mess with the uh, with uh, the Mandalorian uh, mm-hmm. Din and uh, Baby Yoda, and uh, suddenly, suddenly, some uh, Mandalorians of their own show up, save the day. Hooray! But suddenly they take off their hats, helmets. And <laughs> hat. <laughs> not their hat. Um and uh even Din was like, "No, you don't you don't take off your helmet. You're not real Mandalorians." And they all just look at him and are like, "Oh, you're one of them." So big thing right there is suddenly he's a part of the Watch which is in the Rebels, I believe. And, I mean, I wish BJ was here because he's watched the more pertinent episodes Mm -hmm. of all of this. And uh, Bo-Katan is in those, uh, which was the main lady played by uh, Katie Sackhoff. And so it turns out that what you know from, like, the Mandalorian lore that we've heard and uh, realized for this uh, first—for the first season of this, they were all basically religious zealots. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which— is very, very interesting the implication of that. So it's, they're just really saying a lot that we know or a lot of the uh, fanboys know out there is just a small part of it, and there's a more expansive universe when it comes down to all of this. Yeah, and it's odd, because it makes you think
3: that, well, one, we know Mandalore, the planet, is going through some sort of political turmoil. upheaval and and stuff. And you don't really know how good of a people they are anymore, because Mando was a good guy and was raised, well, sort of a good guy. He's a bounty hunter, but he was raised with, good you would say, some kind of good morals, right? Yeah. And now you're kind of like, I don't know if that's just his cult and the other, because they're not necessarily good Mandalorians they kind of do what they want and take what they want
0: and it's a very stringent guideline it's always like this is the way and you just have to accept it it's literally their creed yeah and they do use that as an excuse to do whatever they want yeah so it's an interesting dynamic
3: now we're going to probably see more of that later on in the series
0: and uh, to the other extent of that, we suddenly realize you're talking about Mandalore. That um, Bo-Katan is, according you know, even with the title, she's the heiress, and she is going to eventually go back to take back over mm-hmm. Mandalore and reclaim her throne. Like I yes. mean, it's a trope that we see a lot in everything. So it kind of makes sense on that. Din isn't solid on that. He still has to get the 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 baby, the, the child, to uh, a Jedi. And then they eventually are like, yeah, well, you can go talk to Asaka Tano, which if you've watched uh, Clone Wars um, and even with Rebels is a main thing. We know that Rosario Dawson has been cast as that. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, immediately leading to that, which, I mean, that was very exciting to hear that they're hitting this up already. And this show gave us more backstory
3: than I think almost any of the other episodes has so far, which is awesome because I've always wondered, well, Why is he so special? Well, we know now that his armor is legitimately better than other Mandalorians' armor.
0: Yeah. Because he just takes a brunt of bullets on the ship when the rest of them don't even look like they can do anything. I know they're just dinging him off his head and off his armor. I mean, that Beskar is pretty amazing, but it was just like, wow. All right. Yeah, and he's clearly special also because being that religious zealot cult thing. I don't know if we've met
3: another Mandalorian who's been like that now at this point. We don't even know if the original ones were that he was with who built the
0: armor. And I think they were just the way that they were dealing with everything and very like, even the crafting of his armor he had to go to the special blacksmith slash shaman sort of lady so it seems to realize that if they're not part of the death watch they're part of at least something along those lines because they just called it the other Mandalorians just called it the watch Yeah, yeah so we don't know how much those tie in and if they're a real offshoot of that or not Uh, And then even uh, beyond that, we find out that uh, Moff Gideon's Darksaber – and again, if people had watched the cartoons, they understand where that came from – that she's looking for it because it's uh, – Bo-Katan is looking for it because it's her basically birthright. And it's essentially one of those things that says, this Darksaber means that I am the leader. And so the fact that Moff Gideon has it now, um, it's very interesting to see where all that goes. And BJ was touting the fact that he found a list online. I'm going to have to hit him up on this because there's, like, the pertinent episodes to watch to get Mm -hmm. this story. And I think I want to watch that so I can be able to catch up. And then I'll just watch the rest of the series as I'm doing later on.
3: Yeah, now that he has to go – or she has to go find the saber. And we know that he's hunting – the Mandalorian, our main character. So now you can see how it's all going to tie together. Yeah, everything's
0: slowly coming together, and it's really exciting for all of this. Now the question is: Are the Jedi going to do anything
3: to help either side?
0: And that's mm-hmm. like a huge question too. And I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything because I've actually had it spoiled. But with uh, with with uh, some of these Jedi, sometimes you may think that they're Jedi, but they might not necessarily actually be officially Jedi. Cuz you could be a Jedi and also be a Sith in disguise, right? Well, we, we I don't know. I don't know if they've necessarily had any of those, but I mean, you can be corrupted. You can be a Jedi who has been corrupted to it. Cuz that's what Anakin was for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was more along the lines of just kind of misguided yeah. and uh, kind of groomed to be a Sith and uh, obviously from Anakin to Vader. So it'd be really interesting to see where all of this goes. Um, by and large, this was one of the cooler episodes, and uh, it really excited me to get uh, down into this. I mean, we still got five episodes. Yeah,
1: I cannot wait. I hope the next episodes are longer, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how short this was, and it was just like...
3: It, I'm like,
1: is it over? What? How is it over?
0: Yeah, and it's like, well, I guess I could just watch it again. <laughs> you guys do that
3: thing when you watch the episode, it shows you how long it is, and you're like, come on, be longer than 35 minutes. <laughs>
0: no, I missed that, because I was like, yeah. well, the other ones have been pretty long, so I'm right. like, I'll be pretty good with this. no but uh yeah so uh keep on we're gonna keep on watching it let us know how you feel about the the story building the world building because this is all happening after uh return of the jedi so it's really cool to see where everything is and where everything's going from then to now Uh, but now it is time to get to the geek sheet with vicky b what do you got for us vicky
1: so I'm a part of this group on Facebook called the Grub and Chill Community. Yeah, you've sent me a
0: couple of links before about that. Yeah,
1: they post a lot of cool memes, but they also post a lot of really awesome pictures and like suggestions. Like, hey, we just checked out this you know restaurant. Look at what I got, or look what Ooh. I made. And they give a lot of advice. You're like, hey, I just got this crock pot. What should I cook? Mm-hmm. So everyone's really, really uh, like vocal. It's a really awesome community. Um, much love to them. And a lot of people are mostly from the Washington area, but there's a lot of people from other places too. And even oh. across the world, I saw somebody did a post recently like, Oh, who's from out of the country? Bring it, The reason I bring this up is because somebody recently posted something that I think you need to look at rev me. Yes. And it has to do with food. You're like, how's this? Oh yeah.
0: Right. Okay. How's I'm this, in on that. Yeah. How's
1: this uh, geeky? Um, I didn't know this, but apparently back in August or not in August, uh, it's going to be coming out. I think soon uh, next August. Mm hmm. It's the Avatar: The Last Airbender Cookbook, official recipes from the Four Nations.
0: Are you serious? Yes,
1: it what? looks so like awesome. Hardcover, August twenty twenty one. It says.
0: Oh wow! But there's pictures
1: of like recipes, I guess, in the actual recipes.
0: Yeah, this sounds interesting. So yeah, <laughs> feast on the delicacies unique to the Earth. Fire, uh, air, and fire. I said fire, earth, water, (laughs) air, and fire nations. I'm really bad at this. But, ooh, yeah. So they have like the
1: fire nation, they have appetizers like flaming fire flakes, festival turkey leg, uh, pork and cabbage gyoza, and like the main course side dishes, desserts, drinks for all of them.
0: And it's really actually cool, too, because even like Aang in Avatar was vegetarian. Uh-huh. So they're even talking about vegetarian plates of the Air Nomads. So that's really that's cool. That's really cute. Now, there's been stuff in the past that other things have done this. Like there's a Skyrim cookbook. Yes. And uh, I know that Theo Harris, our old uh, friend, the geeky hostess, mm-hmm. has actually put out some books and has done some stuff and made other things as well. Um, I think like uh, Team Fortress had uh, – uh, Team Fortress 2 had the sandwich. Mm-hmm. And so there was a bunch of different things on that. I remember those. So these look, oh, yeah, I'm going to be getting this. This is going to be cool. I
1: really love all the uh, nerdy cookbooks out there. I, I have, I mean, I'm counting it as nerdy. I got one year for Christmas, my best buddy and I, we would always talk about uh, Bob's Burgers, how much we love Bob's Burgers. Yeah. And that same year, because I got him his present first, because mine was in the mail delivered to his house. He's like, oh, I'll have to get it later and give it to you. He opened up his, and he starts laughing because I got him the Bob's Burger cookbook, he's like, I got you the same thing. Wow! (laughs) That is great.
0: Have you made anything with that? No, I haven't yet. Ah, you gotta do that. Actually, I think
1: there's a grubber uh, on the Grub and Chill community that will, like, once a month or something like that, they will make a burger once a week. They will make a Bob's Burger burger. That
0: is so cool, because, I mean, it was all about the titles with Bob's Burgers. So they're always punny. You would always have to make sure and you pay attention to the menu, the blackboard on the back, just to see what it was
1: uh, I might actually have to do like a whole blog or something about different nerdy cookbooks.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because
1: this is pretty awesome. But it's, it's funny because I'm looking on Amazon and it says like not until 2021, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm you, I'm looking at other retailers. I think you can buy it now. I'm not really sure.
0: Interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. And yeah. if you can, uh, send me a link because I think that might be a really solid um, uh, Christmas gift for be the like, wife
1: hint, and I. Hint, From Santa. Oh, okay. So you buy it for you and your wife. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I got a question. Without seeing the recipes, which okay.
3: nation would you cook for if you only could have choose
0: one if I could only choose one yeah and am I cooking for myself yes okay for myself see I don't I, I don't necessarily want to go fire because I'm getting older and the spicy stuff is gonna kind of wreck me and fire flakes are legit spicy I remember that from the show um, air vegetarian now nah, I'm gonna want to meet there so that brings it down to water or earth Ooh. I think water like now, this is just me assuming. It feels very like it would be a lot of soups. I was thinking seafood. Oh, good. Oh. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. You know what? And Earth would be like, oh, Earth man. would be cow. Yeah. So it would be like the surf and turf. You went for both. Going back and forth on that, uh, I'm going to have to go Earth. I yeah. will go Earth because I want myself a big burger or a steak, mm. and I know my wife is absolutely going to go water for this seafood, so uh, like, I'd probably steal a little bit from her nice. as well. Yeah, get some of them shrimps.
1: Okay, now I figured out what was wrong. For some reason, the Amazon on this computer was set to Canada. Oh! <laughs> so, unfortunately... You're gonna have to wait till next year because it's going to be released August 24th of 2021 for sure. Okay, but you can pre-order it now on Amazon.
0: Oh, looks like uh, I'll be doing for uh, next Christmas or. But it's I'm seeing it everywhere.
1: Life. But there are you know a few pictures out there. You can maybe try to make your own versions of some of these. And there are like one or two pictures of the actual recipes, like Aang's egg custard tarts.
3: Ooh, see, I'd be an egg man all the way because I'm a vegetarian mostly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I eat a little bit of meat, but I yeah, can yeah, easily yeah. go right without it. So, I'd be cooking the custards. I love baking too, more than I like cooking now, I'd
0: say. Oh, oh. you know what? Maybe we'll get this for you as well.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. They also have Aunt Wu's Bean Curd Puffs, like the picture and right. the recipe. If you go to Amazon, you look at the pictures of the bulk and stuff. A couple you, of things that we can uh, get hyped
0: up for. I'm going to oh, check yeah. that out. That'll be definitely. fun. I know
1: it's a year away, but definitely worth pre ordering now.
0: Absolutely. I love that. That sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, now, oh, man, I'm just thinking about all the different cookbooks and I'm like, there's there's gears in my brain and I'm like I'm not a very good cook but <laughs> if I could pull off like even just like the sweet rolls from Skyrim mm-hmm. or something like that like what you said the two recipes from this Avatar book that would be a lot of fun
1: heck yeah alright put them on your list exactly until next time guys stay nerdy